This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw, and I'm an active investor and real estate agent. And I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within your passions. And I'm just getting my voice back. I lost it last week. Um, allergy season is, is kind of kicking my butt this year, um, but this is the voice I got. So I uh, wanted to get the episode out. So this is the voice we're going with. Um, you know, if you heard the show, the previous 11 episodes, you know that this, ep- this, this podcast is about documenting awesome conversations I'm having with really smart people. Um, the, the story is that I was having these conversations prior to um, the idea of having a podcast. And then one day I just decided, you know what, this, wouldn't this be great? if I could document these conversations and share them with the world. So here we are. So if you like what we're doing, you know, please subscribe, um, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, check out the website, theagentmind.com. you find there. Well, soon you'll find there a blog. There's a, a link to um, the video previews of all the, all the episodes. If you want to get a sneak peek, um, kind of pick and choose which episodes you want to listen to first, um, schedule a call with me, sign up for a newsletter, get notifications about the show and events. Cause we're definitely gonna have events, um, coming soon. I don't know what those events are going to be yet, but they're going to be, they're going to be pretty cool. I can tell you that. <laughs> so before we dig into the show, how would you like to free up more of your time and hand off those mundane admin tasks that slow you down so you can focus on the things that really drive revenue and put more dollars in your pocket? Well, Reva Global Virtual Assistants can do that for you. All of their skilled assistants specialize in helping real estate professionals with hundreds of tasks. So stop trying to do it all yourself. Have a virtual assistant do it for you. Check out Reva Global Virtual Assistants by heading over to theagentmind.com and click the link. Learn more about virtual assistants. All right, today on the show, I got a great guest, Rob Hansen. Uh, he's a lifelong entrepreneur in all things real estate. Um, he's a, a broker. Uh, agent, investor, coach, speaker. I mean, Rob sold over 700 houses as an agent. He's overseen 6,000 plus transaction as a manager. Um, he's flipped over 350 homes and counting. Uh, his first transaction was uh, was in the early 80s. Um, you know, as a second generation real estate agent, I think he started his career in uh, about 1980. So I think when he was 18, he said that he was, uh, his, his parents told me he had to either get their, his real estate license or pay rent. So um, I think that he made the wise choice getting his real estate license. So he's, he's owned a, a group travel company. Um, he's owned two restaurants, a candy store, a flower shop. Um, he, you know, he, he once vacationing in, in California, um, he, he actually bought an orange an orange grove um, ranch i'll let him explain it he talks about it in in the show here so um he's really got a passion for success and you know understanding of mindset of successful people he, he's got certifications from the self-talk institute the napoleon hill foundation and he's certified coach from the international coaching federation so um without further ado let's get into the show all right everybody i'm, I'm here with rob hansen from uh south jersey um, he's been a, a, a broker, managing broker for quite a while, um, investor, coach, and speaker. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take too much of, of uh, time from him. I'll let him explain um, everything he's been doing. So, welcome to the show, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing great, TJ. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. So, yes, I am pretty much consider myself all things real estate. And today, if I had to sum it up in one word, I would say advocate. Like I'm, a, I'm an advocate for for people, uh, buyers, sellers, uh, investors, uh, 
construction teams, what, you know, whatever. And, and uh, I've, I think I've 360 the, the real estate industry. You know, I've been investing since 1984. Uh, as far as I can tell, I've done 364 and a half uh, uh, flips. All right. um, I have sold over 729 houses as an agent and as a managing broker over set, I've overseen over 7,000 transactions. So mm-hmm. I have a deep understanding of, of the real estate market, but my, my, you know, my passion is to help people in, investor agents right now, because um, I started investing in 1984. My dad was a broker and an appraiser and I had just gotten out of culinary school and I was working nights as a chef and, and that's a rough life. I can relate. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, yeah. It's a rough life. And my dad, I, I guess he saw that, you know, it, I would be better served by, you know, doing something else. And since he knew most of the investor equation, the, the after repair value and the, and the acquisition price, all we really needed to fill in was the construction price. And he knew a great deal when he saw one. So he, he gently convinced me to, uh, to buy this property. And I was in my early twenties and I was a little nervous about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, just about right before we were ready to buy it, I was with my parents on the beach and uh, it was beautiful August day. And my dad had a heart attack and died right there on the spot. And I, you know, I, I thought I had like this great setup going because I, I couldn't fail. You know, I had somebody there who was my, who was my advocate. Right. And now, now yeah. it's going. So that's how my investing started. I, I was standing in this house trying to figure out like, what am I, what am I going to do? And all those thoughts that run through your head, they, you get to the mindset piece. It's just, it just is crazy. So it worked mm-hmm. out in the end. I made like, you know, the average salary back then was about $20,000 that's about what I was making for the year. And, you know, I paid like 19,000 for it. I put 20,000 into it and I sold it for like 61 or 2000. And I made right around that and that, that got me hooked. Yeah, so I've, yeah. I've been hooked ever since. Nice. Yeah. It's a, it, it, it could, it's certainly appealing and addicting, but it, it's scary when you, when you're first getting into it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would say, I'd say you have some experience to be, to be talking for sure. So that's why I love having you on here. Um, so thank you so much. What let's let's kind of break it down a little bit. Um, what what kind of got you in into um, getting your license as an agent, and then why on earth would you want to be a broker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they are some loaded questions. So yes, they are. Uh, when I was eighteen, my dad said the only way you can stay in the house rent free is get your real estate license, right? So I I had to go to the course and get my license. Um, but I, I vowed I would never be in real estate because my dad also was the assessor for the town and crazy people would show up at our house, like screaming at my mom who had nothing to do with it. Like their yeah. assessment went up and, you know, so I was like, <laughs> never getting into that, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I was forced into becoming a broker from my wife because uh, uh, I have three kids, eight, six, and four. And after I had my second uh, my wife said, listen, you're out all night and every weekend and something's got to change or, or we're not going to make it for the long haul. So I got into management and, uh, and I do love aspects of management, but a lot of it's like Groundhog Day. So yeah. Oh yes. 
So, and sure. I manage about 160 <clears throat> agents right now, currently. Um, and, uh, but it's just like anything, like, uh, you know, as long as you have the right systems, you know, your investment of time on something like that gets less and less and less, right? So. Yeah, most definitely. I like, I'm a huge proponent of systems and making things um, as automated as possible. And uh, I think systems can do that for sure for you. So, um, so what, I mean, you sold a, a ton of stuff on your own and where you, your wife's like you, that something's got to change because you're never home can completely relate with that. It was for me, it was kind of like being in the restaurant business. I got my real estate license to get out of the restaurant business and to be home more. And then I ended up being, you know, nights and weekends gone. So that's, that's key. And that's um, what you have figured out. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is that you have gotten to a point where you can still be in real estate without like the daily grind of showing houses and going from buyer to buyer and appointment to appointment, and you can you know, you're still um, making a living at, at the least and and you know growing wealth at best. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a juggling act. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I just want to say, you know, in most markets right now, it is a very, very difficult market for everybody. So I feel for for the agent population out there that's grinding it out every mm -hmm. day. Don't give up that these cycles never, ever last. Uh, it will change and then we'll wish for it back in some in some respects. You know? So, um, yeah, it's it's I love the action of real estate and I love the you know, the financial windfall that you can have, you know, and as here's the big thing, right? Investing and agent go hand in hand. You, you figured it out, right? And you can work for an investor, right? Everybody gets into real estate for three main reasons, to have more time, to have more fun and to make more money, right? Mm -hmm. They're the three main things. And when you systematize your business, right? You can, you can, have more time, money, and, and freedom, right? But the biggest problem is, is that there's one system that no, that is the biggest system, in my opinion, that most people don't spend any time on, right? It's, it's just crazy. And that's where, that's where I love what you're doing, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's the mindset piece because I've spent a, like my passion outside my hobby is trying to figure out how the mind works, right? How come mm -hmm. one person's successful and one person's not successful? Why, why are these things, you know, you know in, in just seemingly random, right? But they really aren't. It's like your mindset. So here's how, here's what I've learned through mentors like Shad Helmstetter. If you, you, you're not familiar with him, he wrote a book in the eighties called what you say when you talk to yourself and, and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of research on this, right? And basically what happens is in your brain, your, your programs create your beliefs. Your beliefs create your feelings. Your feelings create your attitudes. Your attitudes create your behaviors or your actions, right? And then your actions create your results. So if we're not spending any time on this system, we're, the mindset piece of it, we're, we're, we may never get ahead. Yeah. May never, yeah. That's that's awesome. I, I've, uh, and I don't know why I didn't put that together before myself, but, but thinking as mindset, as a system yeah, that you have to, all systems you have to nurture. I mean, you have to, you set them up. You can't just let them run and go. Cause you kind of have to look at them and tweak them every now and again. So looking at you, at the way you think, the way you talk to yourself, how you're, how you're, um, 
putting that, you know, the next step after you, once you have a yeah. wish and a dream and, and then putting that in the next step, calling that a system. That's amazing. I'm, I'm definitely taking that and I'm running. Go ahead. Yeah. Can I tell you something that will probably blow your mind? Yeah. Right. A person has about 60,000 thoughts a day, right? Mm -hmm. 60,000 thoughts a day. And those, those thoughts, 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that you had yesterday and the day before. So when you listen to a podcast or you do something else now, like, like, like how I said, it's a system, like that's a new thought. So now, now you're going to maybe think about those thoughts. The crazy part is, is that, that our thoughts are our programs, right? Yeah. And so if you can't change your thoughts, you can't change your programs. And to simplify it, right? Why does somebody who wins the lottery all of a sudden they, they no longer have their money because they blew it all. It's not self-sabotage. I don't really believe in self-sabotage. What it right. is, is, is that your mind's been programmed from whatever it is that you've been told or listened to, right? Like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, we're not heating the outdoors. Or, you know, I've heard <laughs> those things from my parents, you know, like, um, and so whatever your, your thought relationship is to whatever it is, that ever system, you have to change, right? Yeah. And it's, and, and so it's all through, and this is the key to it, is all through repetition, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's either however you get there, whether it's through affirmations or whether it's through self-hypnosis. And I'm going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here on this because your mind, your, here's how your mind works, right? If I challenge one, if, if I challenge one of my programs, say I'm a smoker, right? And all of a sudden I say, I'm not going to smoke. I understand like I'm not, I'm not going to smoke, right? Mm -hmm. But then my brain, my mind has been told forever, like you have to smoke, you have to smoke, you have to smoke. When I go to give that brain a change, it's going to follow out the program as it was written, right? right. So it's going to fight me all the way. And I probably can't beat it because it's on autopilot and I, and I don't have the willpower fight it so it's it's so through repetition and time you can beat it's just like like shooting foul shots if you want to become a great basketball player yeah absolutely it is repetition and it, it's funny you mentioned smoking it's, i just do i know this this is about this podcast is about you and i want you to talk about. i have a quick story <laughs> i want to tell about i smoked for um it had to be almost 20 years uh maybe a little bit maybe 14 years but it's smoking every day probably about a pack a day sometimes more well I decided I made a decision. I was going to quit. I think it was like 2001 around there. Um, I was actually in culinary school at the time and I was staying in the dorms. You can't smoke inside the dorms. Actually, I bought a brand new Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. And I said, day one, nobody's smoking in the truck, no smoking in the truck. And then of course you couldn't smoke in class. And I went to school in Vermont. So it was, it got pretty cold in the winter time. So if you had to smoke, I had to go outside in like zero degree weather in the snow and get all that. So <laughs> And that, oh, and also we, we moved to New York City that, that year. And that's the year that um, they made, they, they took away smoking in, in restaurant establishments. Uh, right. Yeah. So all those things together, if it, if it wasn't for all of those things, I'd probably still be smoking cigarettes. And, you know, because it's, it, it, ha it took that like shift in, in thinking, you know, with help from the outside influences, of course. But, and I didn't understand it at the time what was happening. But hearing you talk about that, that you have to change your thinking in order to, to change the results. That's like, that's yep. just, that just fits and, right and in with that. To just a, one little caveat to that, not only is it your thinking, but it's your, your, your anchors to your thinking, 
Mm -hmm. right? Like, so if it's your birthday, you have to have cake, right? If it's right. whatever the anchor is to the thought, it can be a scary thing too. You know, yeah. that, that, that it, then you have the double whammy. So you're fighting two things there, you know, yep. tradition in your head and, and your thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. Case in point, just not to drag this out, but every time I got in the car, it was buckle your seatbelt, light a cigarette, turn the car yeah. on. So exactly. when I got the, with the new car, it was like, no, we're not smoking in this. So yeah, that's, a yeah. Your programs in your head were on autopilot. Right. Yep. And that's what I'm talking about. Like once your, your programs are set and they come mm -hmm. from like what your parents say or what you hear on the news and what that's why right now, like everyone's so angry is because they're hearing all these inflammatory things over yeah. and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't watch the news. So I'm happy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think uh, the, the more conversations I have with, with successful people that are happy or, or even just happy people, it's like, Oh, the news, I don't even, I don't pay attention yeah. to that. It's yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's, doesn't matter who the president is like it's you know the, your your thought process and your habits are either going to help you be successful or not you know what i mean in the long yeah. in the grand scheme of things so um that's cool we kind of glazed over like um some of the some of the lessons you, we went kind of started going down the road of, of um you know what you've done what you've accomplished in yeah. your experience and there's a, there's definitely a story that i that i want you to tell everybody that you've told me a little bit about about your vacation in in california yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, so this is a crazy story. So I, at that point, I'd probably been investing for about 15 years mm -hmm. and um, it was somewhere around like 1999. I know a lot of people probably weren't even born around then, but <laughs> you know, I hate to say, I hate to say that, you know, that uh, uh, I was around probably before a lot of, uh, before zoom was right. So, uh, so I, I, you know, I was full myself, like I'm an investor, like I can't, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I'm doing. Right. So I went on vacation and not expecting, like, I figured I was going to be at a Jersey shore experience where I could go to the beach every day and out in California in Southern California in the summertime, the water's so cold, the fog doesn't burn off till like the afternoon. And I get up at like five o'clock in the morning yeah. because, yeah, and you should know that because we were emailing back and forth at five o'clock in the morning yesterday the day yeah. before. So, um, so I was bored. So I started looking through the homes and land and I found this like uh, organic ranch for sale, 40 something acres, you know, it had 2000 orange trees and chickens and all this stuff. And uh, I go out there and I'm like, you know what, like, this is a perfect flip. I did my homework about four miles up the highway. So it was inland about 25 miles from the beach, not, not the, the optimal place to be, but from an investment perspective, this company was building 20, a 21,000 home uh, plan development, right? And they right. were held up by this native spine flower thing. And so I called the, uh, I just picked up the phone and I called the guy in the newspaper who was the environmentalist on this. And I said, is this project going to happen? And he's like, yeah, they're just going to reallocate some of the acreage over here and over there. And, and then I said, all right, well, I'm buying this place, right? Yeah. Figuring I knew exactly what I was going to do. So I got under contract, learned everything I could about farming and chickens and, you know, just crazy stuff like that. I get out there, I buy it. The, so in California, it's a different thing, right? It's a trustee state. So mm -hmm. you, you don't have a closing the way we do in the East where everybody comes together and sits down and signs the paperwork and then they hand over the keys and that's it. There it's, it's like whenever the bank funds, that's when the closing happens and you negotiate in advance mm -hmm. when the seller's moving out and when the buyer's moving in. So like you own the property, but somebody's moving out. So I had negotiated this guy's going to move out. And since he was in the bankruptcy, um, 
And when I got there, he says, I don't have any place to go. Right. So I'm like, all right, I, I have a U-Haul full of stuff. And I just drove, you know, from cross country from New Jersey with my stuff. I'm like, dude, you got to yeah. get out. Right. So anyway, um, it took me about three weeks to get him out. But what I had to do was I had to give him some cash. I had to rent him an apartment and I had to oh, get him out. Right. Yeah. And then um, I, I, you know, he, there's a lot more to the story, but I'm good. I just don't want to go on. But so anyway, I got the ranch up and running and everything was good. And, you know, I had 2000 chickens. I was having eggs every day. You know, it was great. So you moved, and, you moved out there. Yeah. I just moved out there. Oh, you know, I didn't, sold I didn't everything know. I had here and moved out there. It was, it was because at the time I was, I was building new construction at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was buying lots for like 17,500. And in a six month span, they went from 17,500 to 50 to 75 to hundred thousand. I'm like, this is insane. I'm going to just sit on the sideline for a little while. And then it quadrupled from there. It went to 2004 or five, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, I timed the, the ranch right. And I, you know, I, I paid 800,000 for it. I sold it for a, a million six, five, right. I held a second mortgage and the person who bought it from me, got hard money, then got foreclosed on, uh, here it turns out like she was a criminal who, uh, who went to jail for elder fraud and wire fraud and all kinds of craziness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, I was scammed, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm the big investor. Like, I know what I'm doing here. You know what I mean? So I was scammed. Yeah. I almost lost everything. It was a disaster. Um, it, it woke me up. You know, it, it made me stay in my lanes, sort of. And, uh, and you know, but that's the beauty about life. And my dad always said this, in real estate, time heals all wounds, right? And in life, I think that's true, too. So. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a, that's great. So I didn't know you actually moved out there. And, and, yeah. and got the, the ranch up and running yourself. So that is quite a, a, a change. <laughs> now, would you, would you recommend doing something like getting, like, say you say you're an investor and you're, you're flipping houses and you're in the, like the $350,000 ARV kind of, kind of mark. Yeah. And you decide like, yeah, I'm bored of this. I want to do something else. I want to go, you know, buy a big piece of property and, and start to develop it. Like what, what would you say to, to someone who was kind of in your shoes, who's in your, who is now in the shoes that you were in back then when you were going to buy that ranch? Would you say, yeah, go ahead. Or would you say, don't do it or somewhere in between? Well, I would, I would say as long as, and this is my thing now, ever since then, as long as you have a quick exit strategy Mm -hmm. that, you know, that you can get out if you have to, or what's the exit strategy, right? Yeah, go for it. I mean, I don't want to say hold anybody back because like, I'm not the smartest guy in the world and I'm not the dumbest guy in the world, right. but I know like, you know, listen, mistakes are going to happen. Like of all these flips, you know, I probably like probably out of the 340, some of them, I probably lost money on 10. Right. And, and it was, you know, things that I overlook or market changes or whatever, it's going to happen, you know? So yeah. don't, don't, you know, in, in my world, don't let you, don't limit yourself. Right. Because, you know, I know people who own apartment complexes and they make, you know, $40,000 a week, right. A week, you know, that's yeah. crazy money, you know? <laughs> so um, I, I, I stick, you know, my wife is very conservative. So she only lets me do, you know, do, do you know, do, you know, I can do as many as I want, but I just can't get crazy, you know? So, yeah. uh, 
You have so, parameters. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's but, you know, good. I have to say, like, the, the picture behind me there is one of the flips that I intended to do this year. I bought it in September. Mm-hmm. My contractor was busy. with We had other work going on, so he couldn't start for a month. I, I bought it right. That's where you make money in investing and you buy it right. I paid, it's a three bedroom, one bath house. I paid 78,000 for it. Mm-hmm. I, then, then I was like, I, I, six weeks, I'm going to sit around, you know, the market's hot. It might cool off or whatever. I just, I just cleaned it up, got rid of like whatever stuff was in there, put it back on the market for 110,000 in this market. I sold for 120 without doing anything, yeah. which is yeah. like, you know, that's never happened to me. So, um, so you just never know. I mean, but, but don't limit yourself. If that's your passion, then figure out, figure out a mentor or a consultant or an advocate who can mm-hmm. guide you through that process. That would be my advice. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of leading. That was kind of a leading question yeah. in, into that <laughs> for sure. So that's, yeah, it, it's great. I, I think it's, um, I like, I really try to learn lessons from other people's mistakes. Of course, I've, I've learned a few of my own mistakes for sure, but um, so I just love hearing stories like that. And not that it was a, a mistake, but the, the um, going into it with the mindset of I can, I, I got this down. I've, I'm an investor. I've been doing this. I can go in there and crush this and then, you know, get um, scammed from somebody or, you know, something happens that you don't anticipate. It could have, it could have destroyed you and you could have been like, you know what, I'm not even going to deal with real estate and went and got a, um, you know, a W2 job running a company somewhere and, and you'd be miserable. So, um, it's just a great example of, you know, if you stick to it, you stick through it and get, there's going to be bumps and just keep rolling with it. Well, it's kind of like risk, right? So the more you have, the more you have at risk. And like, you know, when me, when I hit bottom, right. You know, if, if you don't have anything, like take a risk, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't have kids for most of my adult life. So, you know, I, I've been an entrepreneur. I've done so many different things. I owned two restaurants. I owned a candy store. I owned a travel company. And I, and like people say to me all the time, well, man, you've done so much. Like you can't stay with one thing. Well, I've had an exit strategy for everything. It's like, you know, like have an exit strategy. Like when I hit this point, it's just like being in the stock market. Like when are you going to sell? Like, you know, when your stock hits this, I'm out, you know, or when my stock goes low, I'm out. So, uh, you know, just have an exit strategy, have an exit strategy for your real estate career. You know, this is, this would be my advice to anybody. If you have kids, like we don't know where economy or life is going to be, but if you have, I have uh, now, I only hold on to three properties. I have three kids. I have three properties. That's going to pay for whatever. If, if I'm not here, you know, the, their, their college is paid for or whatever is going to yeah. need to be paid for. So mm-hmm. you no, know, that, that's my philosophy. I had 40 some properties that I held at one time. And if you want to be a property manager, that's more aggravating than being a realtor. Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, but you can make a lot of money doing it, but it's really how you want your life to, to be right. Mm-hmm. Goal setting and planning and, you know, where you want to be. Definitely. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good segue back into like really this mindset conversation is um, an exit. I'm glad you said that exit strategy for your real estate business, because I meet so many agents that are just, they're grinding it out and they're kind of jaded because they're just in a day in and day out there. You deal with so many different personalities, you know, at, being as a, as an agent that's really working with buyers and sellers every single day that it can kind of wear on you and you got to be on all the time and you got to be, you know, you have to, you, you can't make, you make mistakes. You have to be the expert every day and just, we're just not, we're all human beings. So it's tough like that. So having a, 
you can't sustain that Vegas is my point. It's not sustainable for, you know, into your retirement. So having an exit strategy is, is crucial. And that's kind of what, what this, with the agent mind for sure is all about. And I know that you have certainly thought about that. And um, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a essential part of anybody's real estate business. And um, before we started the, the, podcast before we started recording we were talking about um having it, it's a business so speak to that a little bit about because um, a lot of people get they they get into it for like you said before the, the freedom um time to have fun and to make money um and then we realized that it's a it's a business there's not a there's not a boss over us telling us what we need to do and and our day is not structured unless we structure it so i guess speak to that a little bit so yeah, um, as a uh, you know management broker, right? One of my functions is recruit and retain and, and speak to new agents. And mm-hmm. most of the new agents come in, they don't really understand. Like I can spend a few hundred bucks, I can get my real estate license, I get a you know insurance, I'm in, right? I could sell a five hundred thousand dollar house, and I make you know thirty thousand dollars or whatever, right? And but the, there's a there's a big learning curve, and and what most people don't understand is is like if you were going to go and open up a, a restaurant or a flower shop there's a huge upfront investment and then you have to spend money on marketing dollars and, and employees and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And in real estate, most people can do, you can do it grassroots and it's good to transition from another whatever, you know, and in the beginning, your, your, you know, your podcast, you say you're an active investor and a real yeah. estate agent, right? So yeah. if you're a real estate agent, there's always has to be an end, right? And I'm something else. Because your background, wherever you came from, like I, I remember early in my career, I would sit in the bullpen, you know, with all these other agents and I would look around and I'd be like, that guy's doing a lot of business. Like, and he's got no personality at all. It's like, what's he, what, what's he doing? You know, one, he had systems in place, but two, he attracted, you know, his, he was an engineer, like he was dry as toast, but you know, he, he, he had, he attracted engineer types, you know? Yeah. And so he did, he did his business. So um, I've trained in the last 10 years, seven in the, in the last 10 years, seven people who've gone on to become rookie of the year, right. Oh, nice. For, for, for their office. Yeah. And, um, and, and the thing that they always did was, was work with an investor. So they became the agent, agent investor, right. The investor's agent. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you can do multiple transactions. That's what happened to me. It was, you know, the Northeast, like where, where we're from, it can, it can be five degrees in January. And when I first got my license, this guy came over to me, says, listen, you're working really hard. Like, I'd love to have you, I'd love to have you do an open house for me. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, just give me the address. And he wouldn't give me the address. He said, just come in Sunday, pick up balloons and, and I'll have the flyers made for you. I should have known right there. Right. I should have known. <laughs> That's a sign. I get the stuff. I'm all excited. I drive over there, freezing cold. I go, I open the door, I go in, it's a shell, right? There's not, there's not even a heater in this place. And, and I had given my word, I'm going to be in there for three hours. And and it was colder (laughs) inside than outside. So I have to keep running out to my car to get warm. I, you know, and at the very end, after three hours, this car pulls up in front, two couples get out, they come in, they walk in, they go, ah, this isn't what we expected. They grab my card. They go, man, it's freezing in here. We're out. See you later. Yeah. Nice meeting you. Right. <laughs> I went home. I was like, probably said every curse word in the book. I was like ready to kill this guy. I'm like, he really, you know, 
And then before I saw him the next morning, I, I'm in the office, my phone rings. I don't know the number. I answer it, you know, and, and the guy, guy says, Hey, uh, my name's Chris. And like, I was in, I came to your open house yesterday and I'm like, Oh yeah. He's like, well, we weren't interested in that house, but we're investors and we want to see three other houses. Can you show them to us today? And I was nice. like, Whoa. So that year they bought and sold 12 properties with me. Mm-hmm. And I became the rookie of the year myself because I figured out how to, how to, you know, how to work with investors. And yeah. let me just yeah. give your people one tip right now. It's not right now. Investors need agents really bad because they're starving. They're dying on the vine for properties, right? Yeah. They can't yeah. find a flip to do. So throw something out there in social media saying, if you're looking for a flip to do or some, whatever your wording might be, mm-hmm. IM me with your contact information and build your investor list now. This is a great time to build your investor list. You might yeah. not have a property for them, but it is. And, and then the other thing too, just, I know we're down a rabbit hole a little bit and I apologize. No, that's great. But, but the other thing is, is that, you know, when you're prospecting for listings, you're also prospecting for flips too. So mm-hmm. you're really wearing two hats and you're, you're killing two birds with one stone when you're prospecting. And if you decide to become an investor yourself, yeah, I mean, you're going to uncover properties just just like that, you know. Yeah, so. that's that's a great point. I'm glad you said. That. I, I I think it was uh, I don't think it was much of a rabbit hole because it fits right in with what we're we're talking about. Um, but yeah, you if if you are just single minded with you're just going to work with buyers that are a ready to buy, and they're they're looking for move in ready houses. Like you're 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 limiting yourself so much to the potential that you could be doing. And it's, it's not, I don't think it's any harder to work with an investor than it is to work with, you know, an, a, a family that's looking for a move-in ready home. And, and, yeah. if, and going back to systems, like I've, I've, um, I've worked with investors and what I do is I just put them all into my transaction software. So all I do is pull up, I just plop in the address, plop in the offer price and then send it off. I mean, because you're making offers, making, that's the difference I think between uh, people that are looking for move-in ready and then an investor. Investors are going to be like, make an offer on this, make an offer on that. So you're, you're just writing offers a lot. But if you get a system in place, it's, um, you know, it, it works out. But there's another thing you said there where we should be looking for flips as as agents because it, A, that'll get you working with investors and get you multiple deals. But also if you, if you get in that world and you and you really can start identifying that stuff, there's going to be an opportunity that presents itself to you that that you can go ahead and take advantage of in that moment. And then looking for, um, I've shifted because the market's so, like getting sellers right now, as you know, is real tough. Yep. So I've shifted my marketing to um, like a, a cash offer. And people are afraid to say I'm going to offer a cash offer because they don't, some people might not know that where they're going to get the money and all that. The money's there. If it's a good deal, the money will come. And that's another misconception, I think. So like kind of going to that, like maybe we get you a cash offer. Maybe we list it, you know, maybe we, um, whatever, the, maybe we fix it a little bit. Don't want to do as much as you think we have to do and get it sold. But just getting that conversation started with folks, listings will come and, and you know, especially as the market starts to go the other direction. If you're out in front of it, that's going to be a, a benefit for you. Yeah. And, and the one thing too is, is like, if you want to be, if you're an agent, you want to be an investor, right? 
leverage the agent community. And this is how I do it, right? I'm an agent. I don't have to, I, I can make my own commission on the buy, right? But what I do is I tell agents, like especially newer agents who are struggling, if you find something, you can represent me as my buyer's agent. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking at the big picture, right? So I just, when I, th- when I said I have 346 and a half, I'm under contract on one where an agent who's, you know, struggling right now, driving for Lyft, picks somebody up in the middle of the night, right? Takes mm-hmm. them home. They say that they, they have to sell their house and it's a mess. Like, but I'm buying it, I'm buying it right. And, uh, you know, and it, and it never really hit the market. So yeah, that, that's kind of what you want right now. Definitely. Definitely. So that's all, it's all great stuff, but let's, let's dig into like really, cause you, like you said before, just to go back to you're a, you're a, uh, basically a student of how the mind works. Yep. I think that's great. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I love reading books. I know that you are, um, you're a, a certified with Napoleon Hill, right? His foundation. Yes. Yeah. Um, Napoleon Hill foundation has mm-hmm. a course you can get certified in positive mental attitude. Um, mm-hmm. Also have Shad Helmstetter has a, um, a I forget exactly what it's called the Self Help Institute I think it's what it's called and and Shad's one of my mentors he trained me personally in it and oh, nice. um, and then I also back in 2008 I'm like how am I going to earn money so I I got certified as a coach and I have you have to take a course I took a course and then. Um, through the International Coaching Federation, I, I've, you know, I have a coaching certificate through them too as well. So perfect. So how so that must that must lend well to you to what you're doing now as a broker and like really because you have to essentially be a coach to to agents coming on and and all that. So like, what do you what do you tell new agents coming in and and, and how is that different from if you recruited an agent that's a little bit more seasoned? So a seasoned agent's going to need different things, right? They already usually have their, their, their marketing, their systems in place. Some don't, some need, you know, some will come because they need help in, in certain things. But, you know, the new agent today, it's, it's hard because, you know, they, they, like in my, in my county where I'm at now, there's about 3,000 agents, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, yesterday when I looked, there were 617 houses for sale. So that's not even one per, you know, we're like, you know, like there's not much in, in the, on the plate there for anybody. So it's, it's a struggle right now, but you, you just have to, you know, I don't like to say everybody's got to make cold calls. What I like to do is sit down with somebody, figure out what their strengths are Mm -hmm. and, and then go from there. And, you know, open houses are, are starting to come back in my market and, and, you know, but and they're a great way uh, to meet people today. So if you can get do an open house, I would say, you know, do that and, and, to, and build your list, you know, but, but, you know, building lists is one of the most critical things. And that's everything. That's other agents, that's investors, that's construction people, because you, it's, it's, uh, it's anybody that you can, you can refer out attorneys, accountants, right? There, there's a thing, um, called reciprocity, right? If I gave you so much business, ultimately you'll you'll hit your level of reciprocity and you'll give me something back. And then once I do a great job for you, you'll give me more and more and more and more. So it's it's a you know it's a process, but but build lists would be my one of my things. And that's what we teach yeah. in, the, in what we do. So yeah. The other thing too is is that um, 
figure out where the money is in any business, right? Where's the money come from? I owned a flower shop. I was like, yeah, the walk-in person, I'm not spending marketing on the walk-in person, right? It's, it's weddings, right? That's where the money is. So figure out where the money is and go after that, whether it's leasing or rent or what, whatever it is right now, you know, mm-hmm. your market. Yeah, that's a good, that's very good advice. Because I know, um, and I've even fallen into this myself where you get, you get one track and you just, you stick to it, stick to it, you get your head down and you just work. And then, you know, everything's shifting in real estate all the time, constantly in movement. Yeah. So to, to before you kind of wake up and realize that, the uh, you know, there's no, there's no listings to be had anywhere. And that was your thing before, you know, figuring out, like you said, where the money is, where the money's coming from. And I, I say this, I think on every podcast, it's, it's, there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. It's like, as long yeah. as you're, as long as you are putting yourself in a position where you're open to the opportunity. Yeah. So, and, and I'm going to tell you the opportunity that I see right now. So write this down okay. uh, for the <laughs> listeners is, is in the, in the rental market, right? Mm-hmm. There are landlords out there that some that aren't being paid others that are, but dodged a bullet. And they're like, man, I'm not comfortable with this. My risk tolerance is not that high on this. Yeah. And so go after the duplexes, the triplexes, uh, you can usually in public records, you can figure out um, who's an owner uh, occupant and who's not an owner occupant. So there, there are where you can pick up the listings right now. And then if you have your investor list, you know, and you can separate your investor list from flips to grab an old. There's, there's a lot of guys that are buying up properties right now because where the discounted properties are are the ones that have tenants that you can't get rid of, right? right. And those people want out. And, and so... Uh, there's an yeah. opening right there. Yeah, there is a lot of, um, and when, when COVID just started, I had, uh, I just picked up an investor. He's an out-of-state investor. He had a couple of rental properties in my area and um, they had, they were with tenants and that excluded a ton of buyers because they were, they didn't want to pick them up and then have a hard time with like not getting rent. And, uh, and um, you know, so he had to sell them at a little bit less than we had anticipated. So there's, there are deals to be had there for sure. That's a perfect example of it. So. Yeah. I'm like right now I'm selling one of my properties to one of the tenants because why, mm. why let that money sit around? I can leverage that money to, to, you know, basically I don't have any of my money in that property, but I have equity in there that I'm going to pull out and buy another property with. Right. So, yeah. um, so, you know, I mean, there's opportunities in this market. You just have to look around, be a little creative. Yeah, most definitely. That's the that's the name of the game, I think for sure. So, what do you? We talked about exit strategy and stuff like that. Um, what's your what's your exit strategy? Are you you going to go more towards investing or double down on managing? Well, um, I don't know. So, for me, um, my passion right now is helping people and speaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm working on a beta course with uh, Mark Abramovich, who's a lender. He's a hard money lender on on how how to become a uh, an investor agent, and uh, and that's that's what I'm working on and speaking. Um, I I like a challenge, you know. I I my exit strategy isn't retirement. Like that's not an option for me, you know. Right. Uh, and I just you know I just haven't found the next besides doing this course, you know, this, this, it'll be like a six week, six session course. Besides doing that, I, I don't really have uh, anything on my plate. You know, it's, 
I do, uh, during COVID, I started a ringless voicemail company, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the way the laws are, when you're in a state of emergency, you're not really permitted to do like the ringless voicemail. And that's honestly where I get a lot of my, my where, where I get a lot of my properties to flip and where I also find listings because it's, it's, it's a cheap way to leverage, you know, you, you can buy verified homeowners in, in a town or whatever, and for like two cents, you can do do a ringless voicemail, and some people are going to be mad at you, but you you just get an eight hundred number, and you never have to talk to the mad people. You just take them off your list. So right, but you can say, hey, you 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 want to sell your house this week for cash? Like we'll make you a great offer, you know. So yeah, um, so yeah, so just you know, just uh, you know, I'm enjoying my kids, and 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 you know, they're in sports, and and I'm. I'm too aggressive to be their coach, you know? So it's like, <laughs> so. Passionate. Uh, yeah, they're passionate. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> that's great. So I have, I, I didn't tell you this. I have four brothers, right? Two okay. older, two younger. And I, you know, so my my record in just about anything was 50-50, right? Mm-hmm. But, I, but it made me very competitive. And, you know, and I heard you talk about Cortez and burning the boats and one, one of your one of the podcasts and yeah and you know really i think that that you know that is what the napoleon hill really really hones in on right it's what he says in the book think and grow rich and if you haven't read that i really highly recommend it it's Mm -hmm. a little dated when it comes to the language but the ideas are great though they're They're great yeah 14 principles and Mm -hmm. uh they're all great principles but his thing is, is what he calls definiteness of purpose. And that just mm-hmm. basically means burn the boats. Like if you want something, no matter what it is, bad enough, you'll get it, you know, it, and it may be at a cost, but it may not be too. So mm-hmm. let's, let, let's go back to that because I think we I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more. So having, knowing what you want and have a definite purpose, going back to um, changing your thinking, like if I'm, if I'm just, if I'm one of those folks that just is starting to realize that, man, I got to do something different and I, I can't sustain what I'm doing, no matter what industry you're in, actually, so, like, where do you, where do you start? Like, what, what's the first step? And then how do you get, how do you program your thoughts or how do you start that, that process rolling? Yeah. So I'm really glad that you brought this up because that was one of the things that's been rattling around in my head, you know? So it's like, um, you know, so there's this thing called the reticular activator in your brain, right? Like say you, you are driving to work every day for a half an hour and you're listening to whatever you're listening to. And then you hear this thing for an investing class, like investing class, investing class, and the re- repetition of it finally sinks into your brain. And then you, you say, oh, I can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So most people will then, then do their research and say, okay, well, I can get into whatever field that is not, in, it could be anything. Right. And then you jump into it, you get as much knowledge as you can up front and then you jump into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you say, well, like, this is the way I'm going to go. And like in real estate, in most cases, most people don't realize how hard it is and how hard it is. It's, it's really hard in the beginning, but once you get over that hump, it becomes much easier, right? Yeah. Um, so, but, but 75% of the people are out of real estate within two years that, that get in. So it's like, there's a lot of people who want a better life, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you basically, it's like the Tarzan approach. Don't leave one thing, you know, th- there's two two approaches. Don't leave one thing. Real estate, you can do part-time. 
but if you really commit and you're going to do it like you did, you know, you just quit doing and, and then you, you're not going to fail. So the, the thing is, is like, mm-hmm. do your research, make sure you have enough, you know, enough uh, resources to get you to whatever that, that point is. And if you're going to do a flip, make sure you have enough resources because in my opinion, like no matter what you're told, it's going to take six to seven months, right? And no matter how quick a flip it is, like maybe a little less in today's market, but by the time you get permits and do your work and get it on the market and get to closing, it's, you know, it's yeah. six months. Definitely. Yeah. No, it, it, this is, um, I'm going to say something that you just kind of reminded me of, and, and I want you to speak to that is the, um, it's, it's almost cliche, but it's, it is, it is kind of true. Like in the investment world, real estate paralysis by analysis, like, cause then you say like, do your research and all that stuff. And I just don't like some people will get bogged down in making sure they're making the right decision. So what do you, what would you suggest on, on when that, when the, that, caught up that one's real simple, do something, even if it's wrong. Right. You yeah. Know. <laughs> No, no, just kidding there. But buy, buy um, an orange, an orange ranch yeah, yeah, in California. <laughs> and, and totally throw off your life, you yeah. know. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I remember, like, you know, I'm very observant. So when I was in the bullpen back in the early days, I'd watch around, and there was this guy, and like every day he came in, and this guy worked hard. Like I was like, he was always studying and doing something, and I'm like. After about four months, and I had done like a bunch of transactions, then I went over to the guy and I said, I said, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm working on my plan. And I go, that's what you've been doing for four months, working on your plan? He's like, yeah. I go, well, you got to take action. So there's a factor of fear in there, you know, and mm-hmm. it could be fear of failure or fear of success. But, you know, whatever it is, I mean, you, 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 you got to go back to your thoughts and, and, and get to the point where you can take action. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, like it's ready. I forget what it is. Uh, shoot, aim, ready, or whatever. I, I forget what that is. You know, just just start yeah. doing something because the once you're once you get over your fear, it's over, right? Mm-hmm. And so if whatever that is, if it's door knocking, cold calling, you know, as soon as you get over it, it it's not going to bother you anymore, and then. You just keep doing whatever that is, you know, so just don't let the fear get in the way. Just keep going. Yeah, most definitely. Cool. Well, what do you, uh, since we're talking kind of in this, um, give me your, like your, your top three books you think everybody should read. uh, Well, two, I'm going to kind of give you uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Mm -hmm. Hill and um, Chad Helmstetter's What You Say When You Talk to Yourself. Um, and I mean, the third one, you know, there's a lot of books that I could throw into the third one. Um, That's why I asked for three, because you'd already mentioned the two. Yeah, so. <laughs> the third one. Um, well, so the third one's a little more of a personal one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and a, like a backstory on it, when this is where my journey started, right? Like right after my dad passed away, you know, I mean, this, I get... I gave, I gave my dad mouth to mouth on the beach, you know, oh, and, yeah. and I rode in the ambulance with him while they hit him with the paddles, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was really like mentally in like a, in a fog for a while. And uh, I read this book. It's, it's called um, you can heal your heal yourself or you can heal yourself or heal yourself. Something like that. Can't remember the exact title by Louise Hay. Mm-hmm. Louise Hay just died like in the last couple of years at like 99 years old. And 
my journey started there. And then I got into like, so like in the back of that book, she recommends a whole slew of books to read, which was, you know, Deepak Chopra's early book. There's another really good, great book called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conversation, an alleged conversation that he had with the devil. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool, uh, kind of a cool thing. Um, and then I'll give you one more, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Uh, Jack's a mentor of mine. I, I've uh, done some things with Jack. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's a, that sums up business. Like it's, it's a 500 page book, you know, that sums up, it sums up business. So uh, I'll get you some other titles to read, but I, I think I gave you guys enough for, for yeah, a that's year. good. That's so. a good start. At least for at least for a good week of reading. <laughs> <laughs> I do audio books because I'm yeah. such a slow reader that, and I turn them up to like one point two five, and I, you know, everything I do is fast. You know, like yep. so, and 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 that would be my advice. Like if I had to give advice, it would be just slow down, just slow your life down, right? Just slow down because you know uh, I I feel like when you're going too fast, you know, that's when you miss opportunities. Yeah, it's and I'm I've been intentionally i've intentionally slowed things down just to kind of re reorganize and and so i can kind of move forward so and and not to get too much into that but it's the the ancient mind and the the brand is is part of that because it's really my, my thing is i'm having all these great conversations with with all these great people successful people and and i i felt like selfish that i was getting all this information <laughs> I wanted I wanted to like share it and put it out there, you know, and and have like a record of it for sure, because I know it can help so many so many people out there, and any agents that are kind of struggling with mindset. Um, so yeah, so slowing slowing things down and just kind of taking a look at where you're at is uh is key. It's kind of like when you're when you're driving down the road, and you, you have you're driving across country and you got to get there. If you pull off on a you know on a, on a um, an overlook. It's once you get out of the car and look over that overlook, it's like a completely different change of scenery. So that's yeah. great advice. It's a different perspective. You know, yeah. your perspective's got to, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're doing the same thing every day, you have to change your perspective because there's things you might, you know, you might've overlooked, you know? Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's a, a, taking a break, you know, taking, trying to get at least one day off where you're not making appointments. I know it's hard to like, you, you, the perception is that you're turning down money if you're not doing stuff on that day, but it's kind of important to, to really make sure that you're, you're headed in the right direction for one. Well, you know, money, the way I see money is, is it's just a tool, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, and and everybody's got a different threshold of what they need and what they want and and how they, you know, how they, how they want life, you know, their life to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, um, uh, you know, wherever you are is a great place to start. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. It's never too late. Well, cool. So what your coaching program is coming up and it's coming up. Yeah. When, when did you say that was going to be, uh, end of May, about the end of May, we'll be ready for the beta. So, um, if, if anybody would like to reach out to, to me, I, my, uh, my email is, uh, Best email to reach me at is is uh, info i n f o at localdropmarketing.com. Info at localdropmarketing.com. Localdropmarketing.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. 
Cool. And that's, and that is your, your focus, your, your target audience, I guess I could say for lack of a better word is agents that are interested in investing or, or. Two things really. Yeah. Agents that are interested in investing and agents that are new, maybe that want to learn how to work with investors because investors are going to need certain things and they speak a certain language and they're going to want, you know, and they're going to try to bully and beat you up a little bit, but you know, (laughs) know, I mean, it's, it's twofold. And then, you know, if you want it, if you're an agent and you want to be an investor, because most people that I interviewed today say they got into real estate because they watch HGTV and they, Mm -hmm. they can do that job. You know what I mean? And they can, because here's the thing, everything we're ever going to do is a skill that you can learn. Yep. You, you know, like I'm there, I could learn to play the piano. I'm never going to be good at it, but it's a skill. I could learn it. Like, and, yeah. and real estate's a skill, you know, investing's a skill. So it's, it's just skills. Who was it? If you, if you think it, you can do it. If you, I forget who said that. Uh, it was a book that it was in a book that I read. Yeah. It's uh if you think it, you can do it. I don't mind. It was probably somebody quoting somebody else too. So it's one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mine now. If you think well, it, it's, you it, can it, do it. Napoleon Hill said it. Uh, hold on. I'm going to mess this up. Is If if you can, uh, it's a Napoleon Hill quote. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's a con- the concept comes from Napoleon Hill. And in, basically, yeah. in, in, in essence, it's like we're, we, we have this intelligence. And if you can imagine it, I think it might be the, the right language. If you can imagine it, then you can, and then it's possible. I think it was, um, of course, now we're going off on a rabbit hole, but they, they, a good story that we won't go into it now. It's the, the, the person who started uh, Goodyear Tire, who made the tire. Yep. That's a great story. We won't go into that right now. We'll, we'll save that for another solo podcast, but um, look that up. The, the, the invention of the, the rubber tire is a good, a good story out there. So. I know I just kind of went off on a tangent, but yeah, you know, the, the one thing, you know, I used to listen to Mike Rowe, um, you know, he did the dirty jobs. And yep. the one thing that always stuck out on, on me was he said in there that most of the people who did the jobs did it because nobody else wanted to do it and they weren't really crazy about doing it, but then they started to make a lot of money and they became passionate about it. Right. Yeah. So, yep. you know, you, you can learn to like just about anything, you know, definitely. That's for sure. Well, this, this has been great. I'll get one more question for you before we, we wrap it up. Sure. Um, is there anything that I did not ask you that I should have asked you? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot that, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot more we could cover, but I think, you know, I mean, listen, I love what you're doing in this podcast because one of Napoleon Hill's things is mastermind. One of his 14 principles is mastermind. Well, today, you know, podcasts is for mastermind. You can hear and you can learn and you can think. And, and, you know, I've learned a lot from listening to your podcast from some of your, you know, some, thank you. you know, other, your other guests and from you too, you know, I mean, we can all learn from everybody. And, and I feel like, uh, you know, you you should constantly be listening to a book, reading a book, whatever it is, you know? So I love, um, one of your guests, I can't remember who it was, talked about Donald Miller and, and the Story Brand book. And that's a great book for marketing. That's a book you, that, that everyone should read. It's called um, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. He's changed the name of his company now. It's called Business Made Simple. But that's a great book um, for marketing. 
and, and it's really clarity of your message, right? It, it, yeah. And his big thing is if you confuse, you lose, right? And I love that saying. And I, you know, that's that's a Donald Miller saying. And uh, you know, that is it's a good great. saying. So yeah, because it's so true. I mean, it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Awesome. So you, you, you told the email is the best way to get a hold of you. Do you is there a, a website coming for or anything for you? There's a website coming. Mark's actually working on that. Um, okay. So I, I, unfortunately, I don't have it. If you have Mark on, he'll probably have it by then. Well, we'll definitely we'll definitely have you back once you once you get rolling. Yeah, maybe Mark and I can come back together yeah. because uh, we are like a fun team to have together. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can I can see that having conversations yeah. with you both on the phone. It's, it's yeah. separately. It's I can see you all together. We, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely do that. So everybody listening, stay tuned for that. It's going to be, I think it's going to be just as impactful, and it'll be even more of a mastermind with like the 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 two of you going back and forth and and me asking questions and all that stuff. So that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Yeah, because you know what it is like, and you brought this up earlier is is like you know what's your exit strategy when you're a real estate agent? Like you try to sell your business to somebody else, like. Yeah. What are you getting for that? You're getting a percentage of deals for X number of years. It's nothing, you know? Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's certainly because I, I did want to open my own restaurant, which I, I know you were successful in doing that um, until I woke up one day and decided that was not <laughs> at all what I wanted to do. So, but if you have a restaurant, at least you have the, at least you have the equipment and maybe if you own the building or the real estate on it, you can sell that stuff off and make a little money off of it. Or you can sell, if it's a great concept, you can sell the concept to somebody that's going to make it a chain or something. But you're right, as an agent, all you have, especially if you're marketing yourself as, I'm not saying don't do this, but TJ McGraw real estate agent, you know, that's not a, that's not something I can sell and, and you know, have somebody start a franchise right. with or all that. So, And I think as we move forward, it's only going to get worse because I've seen the evolution like like back in the late 70s, early 80s, when I first got my license, the brokerage was everything. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, if you ever want to watch it, it's got a fabulous case, it's dated, it's older, but basically the brokerage had everything and somewhere in the the, uh, late 80s, you know, internet marketing became the thing and that's when the brokerages lost control and the agents became... You know, the agents became, you know, personalities or whatever. And, yeah. and yeah. Uh, now, you know, now it, 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 I don't even know where it's going to go because everything has become virtual and the pandemic has sort of pushed it down the road a lot faster. So who knows where the yeah. market will be. You know? Most definitely. Yeah. And, and with um, just before we wrap up, just because you, I just was reminded of this and what's going on in the, the in real estate at the moment with Zillow and all the, the big companies, the I buyers and all that. And the, mm-hmm. there's a ton of hedge funds. I know I'm feeling it here in Atlanta. I'll try to buy a property and it'll, a hedge fund will come in and pay over asking for it. Like, I don't know how they're making money on it, but I don't think that's their, that's their strategy. So there's a lot of stuff that, that people are really scared about what Zillow's doing. And um, I just say like, you know, stay, stay in your own lane, focus on your business don't look at other things in um, I like to hike in the, in the, one of my goals is to hike the Appalachian trail at some point. I need a little more residual income before I can do that. But um, what, what a lot of hikers will say is, is hike your own hike. And that's so true. Like I say that to other agents all the time. It's like, don't worry about what other agents are doing. Just hike your own hike and, and, you know, compete with yourself and not worry about that. Those big like monsters, you know, under the bed. So 
Because it's, you know, like when I got into the business, like it's a copycat business, you get a listing, right? And then you have to write the description. Mm -hmm. And then how you write the description, like, this is kind of funny. We look at all the other descriptions and then we write <laughs> something similar to that, right? We go, oh, it's a lovely four bedroom, two and a half bath on a quiet street, right? Yeah. Here's another <laughs> tip. I know we're, we're, we're getting to the end here, but there's five questions on a listing appointment that I always ask and are emotional questions because mm -hmm. you want to write an emotional description. What, what's, why did you buy the house? Like, what's your favorite part of the house? What's your favorite time of year? What's your best memory here? You know, questions like that mm -hmm. will allow you to write an emotional description because you only need one buyer for that house, right? And, and this right. is an un anomaly market where you have 20 buyers for every house and they're willing to do anything to get the house. It's crazy to me, yeah. uh, you know, but, um, but you know, the, the more emotional description that you can, you're going to touch a chord in, in somebody and, and draw them to that. Yeah, most definitely. All right, well, we better stop there before we talk all day. <laughs> so, well, it's been yeah, awesome. It's been a blast. Thank you so much. I, I love yeah, being along with you. Well, absolutely. Thank you, Robin. We'll definitely have you back with Mark, and I, I can't wait to see where your uh, your coaching program goes. It's 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 awesome for me. It's just where my headspace is at right now. It's def, it's a no brainer. If you're an agent, yeah. you should definitely at least learn about investing so you can work with the investors because there's so much money on the table there. And if you're, if, if you're an investor, I think you should get your, your license and, you know, be an agent and it just makes sense. There's just such a, such a parallel, um, you know, we're all chasing for leads. We're all, we're all talking to people that want to sell their house and yeah. uh, it's kind of, it, they're very similar, just a little bit different angles you come from. So it's one level closer to the information, the actual, you know, access to information is critical. And when you're on the front line of that, you have an advantage. Mm -hmm. You really do. Yeah, so. most definitely. Well, all right, Rob. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll definitely talk again soon. All right. Have a great day. Thanks.